0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Checking with Changemakers with Be the Change Media Network. My name is Lily Ma, and this is the show where I get to catch up with past guests of Be the Change podcast. I am so excited to talk with my guests today, and I've been hosting this show for over three and a half years now. So this is my opportunity to catch up with my guests and learn about all the exciting things that they've done since I talked with them. My guest today is Hannah Grady Williams, and I saw that she just joined the live show, so I'm gonna brag a little bit about her and then we'll invite her on. Um, she is the Chief Rebel, aka the founder and CEO of D Skills, which is a virtual boot camp where high schoolers learn digital and AI skills and then they can convert them into real world projects with small businesses. And I featured Hannah all the way back in July of 2023, but we actually had our conversation a couple of months before that, I think in May. Or maybe april of 2023 so she was featured in episode 158 of the podcast and i'm so excited to learn all of the work that she's done since then and especially in this really exciting field where so much is happening so i'm going to go ahead and invite hannah and we'll get started all right perfect how are you i'm great how are you i'm so good i'm so good I'm um, still getting used to kind of Instagram the way that the Instagram lives work. I feel like I didn't realize because of course I came on yours and that was like the first time that I had ever even used Instagram live, but still a little glitchy. And I think some of it's me, but some of it's Instagram. It's
1: so I'm getting used to it. It's not you, it's Instagram. I was like, am I live yet or what's going yeah, on? That's guys, what's that's scary, scary.
0: That's what's scary is like, are you live? Are you like posting to everyone? Like where it's a little bit nerve-wracking, but it's okay. (laughs) We're good now. Um, I'm so excited to have you and to talk about all the work that you've done. I realized, I guess that this episode was posted in July of 2023, but we talked, I think, back in like April or May, and then it was actually posted later. So you've done so much work with the skills since then. So this is going to be such an awesome catch-up. I know some about it, and I've been following along, but... I can't wait to hear it from you. So before we get started. And yes, you're right. It seems like it's been since
1: April of last year. It feels like three years or four (laughs) years of thinking about this. This
0: will be awesome. Of course, of course. So I would love to get started by just having you do a quick intro like you did on the podcast. I did kind of the official introduction of who you are and what you're doing. But tell me a little bit about your story. Tell me about the work that you're doing. And then we'll go deeper from there. Yeah.
1: So the the gist of it is I am 25, so you and I are both like native mm-hmm. digital which <laughs> is so fun. And the sh- the short story of how I got into DISKILLS skills is I graduated college when I was 18. And that launched me into a consulting role really early in my career, right? So I was like 17 years old with my first internship. And what I got to do, Lily, which was awesome, is I got to travel around all around the country talking with Gen X and Boomer leaders about customer service and employee engagement. Now, what would inevitably happen is at the end of a long day of training where, you know, I was working with a team, kind of like Disney Institute, there's like, Organizations that go out and train companies on their, you know, customer service, all this. So at the end of a long conference day, we'd all end up at the bar, right, or at the lounge. But me being 17 had my little sparkling water because I couldn't drink yet. And I'd just be chilling there at the bar, having conversations with leaders much older than me. And inevitably, all of the leaders, at least someone at every single conference, would turn to me and ask, What's up with you millennials? That's the question I got all. (laughs) They didn't understand millennials, and I found myself with the questions they were asking, wondering to myself, you know, why am I not resonating with these? And Gen Z wasn't even really a conversation back then. I mean, this is going back eight years. So, you know, 2016, nobody was really talking about Gen Z, right? So long story longer, I ended up collecting all these questions that boomers and Gen Xers were asking me, taking them back. And I turned them into a book with my thoughts about Gen Z. And it's called A Leader's Guide to Unlocking Gen Z. It was the first manual for leaders published about working with Gen Z and how you can, like, work with us, retain us in your organizations. And we just, I just had so much fun writing this. Well, that launched me on this journey, of course, into working with hundreds of companies. I've worked with about 3,000 businesses now. But here we go with- more questions from these companies, they basically kept asking me, Hannah, when are you gonna create uh, like a, a talent pipeline for us? Like we want a bunch of tenacious, digital savvy employees. And when I looked at the school system and what you know we all grew up with, tests and more tests instead of getting prepared for life, I realized that so many of us are actually at a disadvantage when it comes to working with companies like I was. We don't know what it's like to work in a business. We don't know what businesses want from us. So I wanted to solve that gap. Number one, the gap of the lack of connection between school and work. And number two, the lack of experience that we all have coming out of even college, you know, especially high school, but but even college where we don't really have real world experience. Um, until after college, by the time we're laden with debt and all these things. So there's a lot of whys about why Just Skills was created, but I'll say before, and I'll I'll stop talking here in a second, but (laughs) the last piece I'll say is since May, since we talked last time, so much has happened within the realm of AI. And I've realized as the chief rebel at the skills that the movement we're creating is so far beyond just creating an outlet for students who want to empower themselves with, you know, these these skills they're going to need for their work and in the future or running their own companies. This now is not just like a nice to have. It's a necessity to being relevant in a future where AI powers the world. We're now now living in a world where, and, and this statement may seem incredibly shocking, but it's it's very important. In the next three to five years, based on the progress that AI has made, we're gonna be living in a future very, very soon where there's just gonna be three types of careers. So one will be like skilled trades, you know, your plumbers, your nurses, your, all of those very important people. And then number two, People who can leverage AI to create impact and revenue for businesses. So that second category covers all white-collar jobs. Like, I don't care if you're an analyst, a lawyer, a doctor, a marketer, a podcaster, whatever you are, you have to be able to leverage AI. And the third category is people who say, do you want fries with that? And I believe that's... Literally, and even category three is going away, you know, with AI. So we're literally now in a world where getting the skills or like digital and AI skills and these mindsets to forge your own career, be tenacious are not just a nice to have, they're a literal necessity if you're going to have like a fulfilling
0: career in a future where AI powers the world. Yeah, I think, I think that's so important. And I think all of the work that you've been doing, it is so relevant and so timely right now. I want to get your thoughts on so i'm starting to learn a little bit more about ai my course right now is digital media and society so it's a word that we use every single course every single lecture that i have um but tell me about your thoughts around the ai hype and i feel like you're definitely getting ahead of it and you've been ahead of it when (laughs) like kind of before it started to be more of this conversation that we're having but i think some scholars and people feel that right now this term AI is kind of a catch-all and we're not really sure like what it is, what it's becoming, the role that it's going to play in our lives. What are your thoughts on that? I guess just kind of how accelerated the, this, this phenomenon has been. And of course we're using it so much, but just tell me your thoughts on that. It's just exploded this past you know, year, these past couple of months, yeah. but you were kind of ahead of it. So just tell me, tell me your thoughts about that.
1: I'll answer this way. So back when ChatGPT 3.5 first launched, Mm -hmm. right, 2022, end of 2022, I was using it about three months in. So I was not one of, like, the very first users. I think I heard about it first on TikTok. And Mm -hmm. I'll be the first to say, you know, like all of us, this tech was thrown at us. We didn't really know what to do with it some of us like you know i got together a group of my friends and we were like we have got to spend thousands of hours in this tech or we're going to be behind so we've built things we've we've had so much fun with ai and of course a lot of people haven't done that that's okay that's what we're like here for to to begin bridging this gap but to answer your question so 2022 november chat gpt 3.5 launches right fast forward just 5 months to March of 2023, and we have GPT-4. Okay, so let's back up for a second. You have a five month time span. GPT-3.5 was tested by like OpenAI and other companies on how well does it perform on standardized tests, right? Like the very metric that we use to basically determine the lives of millions and millions of high school students, your SAT scores your ACT scores, right? Okay, GBT 3.5 scored in the bottom 10% on most standardized exams. Okay, but are like, all right, humans are still doing pretty great, right? Fast forward just five months, GPT 4 launches. GBT 4 is now scoring in the top 10 to 5% on the SAT, on the bar exam, on the LSAT, Like, just go down your list. It's in the top 10%. It's doing better than most students. And so as I think about AI and how it's affecting not the world, students, of course, but the world and all of the changes that are happening, it begs the question, are we seeing this technology adapt so fast that no institution can keep up with how we measure human intelligence? You know, that should be like, that should be like a kick in the gut to any institution. And as a student, like, you know, students who are listening, my gosh, like, if you see that, you're like, wow, GPT is doing things that the majority of students can't, like the majority of us are not in the top 5% on, you know, any of these exams. And so we have to ask the question, like, as this technology develops super quickly and schools simultaneously are banning it, what can we do to empower ourselves with getting these skills, these mindsets, learning to work with this tech, not just for the sake of the tech, but for the sake of what it can empower us to do in all other areas of our life, whether that's in creating media, creating art, uh, being better communicators, learning new languages, like whatever that is that we want to be good at for our futures, like leveraging the tech instead of being scared of it, or even listening to educators who are telling us not to use it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that is so interesting. And I think we're only gonna see it continue to grow as we see, I know that I interviewed you about Grok and now we're seeing Google Gemini and there's just, there's so many new, the technology is just developing so quickly and I think everyone wants a hand in it in some way. Um, What are your thoughts on looking to the future of this issue. And then I want to ask you about what Skills is doing, but this is my last question about kind of AI in general. But what are your thoughts on maybe the impact that some of these companies entering the AI world, and I guess not just not entering, because they've been doing it, but having more kind of obvious presences in this world. Tell me about your thoughts on that and how it's going to continue to develop. I
1: personally love seeing all the competition that's arising these spaces i mean i literally think we're seeing this bubble of innovation and also i'm someone who does still believe in like the power of capitalism simply from the standpoint of what can it do to spur innovation when there is competition and like and and there's competition not just in finances but in ethics right like we know the companies who are being the most careful about how they release this tech are going to be ultimately the ones that are most trusted and the ones who are most successful so i think it's really interesting as we see all these new models come up like oh my gosh the launch of sora the other day mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. OpenAI. like how careful they're trying to be right now around the protections that go into what types of videos can be created and which ones can't so i think like the old quote of with great power becomes great responsibility is going to be so true with all these emerging technologies and the fact that there's so many companies competing, and we don't even know who the category king is going to be yet. Yeah.
0: You know, like yeah. it
1: could be, it could end up being Apple because they, like, everybody has an iPhone, and if they can figure out the solution to the hardware piece, or excuse me, if they figure out the AI, they already have the solution mm-hmm. to the hardware mm-hmm. that we use it on. Versus a company like um, OpenAI is spending millions and millions and millions of dollars on the hardware pieces and they haven't been able to solve that problem so i just i think it's going to be really interesting i don't know that we're we see like an end in sight yet of who's going to really lead the charge what's going to end up shaking out and i think that's part of the excitement i don't know what what are your thoughts
0: on that i think i think you're right with it i think what makes me nervous is I think when we see so much competition, especially in the technology space, I think that we see less attention to that responsibility. And I think I'm nervous when it comes to AI about, you know, we've seen, I feel like a lot of times in the news, we see the downsides. And that's also why I really want to talk to you about what you're doing. But we see kind of the scary doom and gloom of it. And so I'm trying to kind of get myself out of that and just <laughs> see all of the amazing you know possibilities and the benefits um but i guess that is kind of the part that i'm excited to see what they can do with it and i think so far it's been amazing just to even play around with cat GBT and just see all of its different functions and just see all the amazing things but then i guess just makes me nervous i hope that whoever is doing it is <laughs> taking that really serious i guess just that responsibility of how important this technology is going to be and the way that it continues to develop i hope that it's ethical that's that's just my i'm like putting it out there to the universe yeah. um but as far as that i want to get to the work that you're doing because i think this is a great example of really making positive change with all of these developments and really getting ahead of all of the possibilities that can be that that are out there for this technology so tell me about what you're working on with the skills what you've been doing for the past couple of months Tell me the whole story.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's so good. There's so much to get into. So, the basic gist of it is we've been talking about this problem, right? That most students, most of us in high school, are prepared extensively for tests, but not for life. And I have a moral problem with that. It goes beyond just, you know, oh, I have a problem and I'm starting a business and blah, blah, blah. I have a moral problem with that because what ends up happening, and I I wonder if other high schoolers can relate to this, but what ends up happening when you just drill for tests your entire life and you treat college as like a destination instead of a stepping stone. You know, I had so many friends trying to get into Ivy League schools or wherever and they weren't accepted and their life like fell apart. Mm -hmm. It's like we have so much pressure on us as students to perform at a certain level or even if the standards are not set by our, you know, our society, our parents, sometimes they're set by us and social media and all of the comparison that we deal with. So when I look at that and see like the spiral that creates for most students of like having to perform so well on standardized tests, even if they're not good test takers, to get into college, even if they don't want to, like just all of these things. And then of course we can extrapolate of all the mental health problems and all the crises that come out of that. I have a moral problem with the system that we've built. But I have really good friends in high places who are very, very influential politically and all that. And they've been trying to change the school system and fix that problem from the inside for decades. And it hasn't worked. There've been little bright spots like schools that have, you know, arisen like High Tech High in Pasadena, California. And there's a couple others that are like, really bright spots doing really awesome work with students but for the most part like you and I know
0: most schools still look the same way they did
1: back in like the late 1800s which is so bizarre to me okay so when we founded to skills our goal is not to try to change the entire education system it's instead to provide an extracurricular launch pad into the future that you want to build so the idea is we are a hub, we're a virtual boot camp where students sprint for 10 weeks. They learn digital and AI skills that they really enjoy. You know, if someone loves creating, you know, doing things with media and art, maybe they're doing logo design, maybe they're creating a podcast, maybe they are helping local businesses design merch lines, right? So, or they're interested in analytics, the projects are entirely different. So, essentially, students in our 10 week sprints are leveraging their passions, their actual interests, instead of those tests, they're leveraging their actual interests, they're adding AI skills, then they're sprinting to complete real world projects, or we call them impact projects, with real businesses and nonprofits. So, the students in our booth. are like leveling up on their digital and AI skills. And then we have the frameworks and the agents for them to go out and find actual small businesses in their community or on LinkedIn that they can help using their skills. And then they end up doing not just a project with them, but they do a one project in the sprint. Then the second sprint, they actually get paid. For a project so by the end like we have students it's so cool Lily. they're they're graduating after 10 weeks with like three amazing things number one like imagine you're like 16 years old again and you're 16 and you could graduate a 10-week boot camp with more experience and connections than most college graduates have so you have like number one an impact project that you've done with a small business that you've gotten paid for so you're earning income Number two, 50 or more LinkedIn connections. You're building your professional network. And number three, all the tools you need to continue launching these impact projects, helping businesses you care about, learning new digital skills, and continuing that like, track for your future because those skills translate to everything in life, as we know, <laughs> on the other side, having worked with, with companies. So I'm incredibly excited. I could share story after story. We have students in our boot camps right now. We're in a sprint. We're on week six at the moment. And uh, we've got students doing everything from, uh, there's Jeremy Ian, who is, his impact project is helping podcasters build AI chatbots that are trained on hundreds of hours of their podcast data. So now their listeners can go in and chat with the host so in his AI cool. bot, and they're able to charge, <laughs> his clients are charging subscriptions for this AI bot, right? Um, we also have students doing things like, we have Priyal, who is amazing. She's working with an ADHD coach and building courses like in Kajabi for the, she's using ChatGPT and Kajabi to build ADHD courses for professionals with ADHD. We've got other students in Hawaii who are working on projects like online ordering for food trucks. Like, there's just so many amazing projects that students are doing because they're interested, not because they had to take a test or someone told them, it's because they're having fun.
0: Yeah, oh my gosh, that's uh, that podcasting one. That that example is so amazing. Um that's that's so exciting just to hear about all the different projects. That was actually gonna be one of my questions, so you hit that. <laughs> so that's awesome. Um, what are you looking forward to in the future when it comes to the skills? Of course, you're in the middle of the sprint right now. Um, but as far as looking to the future, even the next couple weeks, months, maybe even years, I know that's that's scary, so maybe not years, but um, do you have any projects or events or anything coming soon that you're really looking forward to that you can tell me about? Yeah, let's, let's do
1: that. Couple weeks, couple months. And, okay, and okay. So a couple weeks from now, we've got another workshop coming up that's free for anybody to join where we, for an hour, we teach you how to create your own internship this summer. It's on March. Oh, don't let me misquote this date. I believe it's March twenty. 20- <laughs> 5th. It's the last Wednesday in March. Um, t- March 27th, I think, is the last Wednesday. Oh. Anyway,
0: okay. Yeah.
1: But um, anyone is welcome to join. It's for both students and parents if their parents want to join. And I'm so excited about this. We just had one last night for the February session. We had about 80 amazing parents and students attending and just so much good conversation because everybody's curious about this. I just had... Um, a call with an amazing person who works at an international school last week. She, her school in India, has about 5,000 students who are, you know, children of American diplomats, expats, all that. And um, she just said their school met with a, a consultant who works with Korean universities. And the Korean universities get this. This is crazy. Thirty percent as of 2024, this is a new requirement. They've changed 30% of their application requirements are now having internships, real world projects, and impact projects in high school on your application. 30% percent, not, not your SAT score, (laughs) not like (laughs) having real world projects. So, Mm -hmm. and I know other universities are going to follow suit. And so anyway, Having like, all of us are curious, how do we stand out on applications, whether it's college, jobs, whatever, having these types of projects, creating our own internship is super important. So I'm really excited about that session. Yeah. And then going out just really broad picture. I I mean, we are creating this movement at skills It's not just like a checkbox, but it's a lifestyle. Like students within, uh, within these boot camps, they're getting the chance to like level up to level two. It's all gamified, so level two, level three, level four, where they get to become mentors and co-hosts of our boot camps after they've gone through. So what I'm really excited is seeing this movement grow. We want, we want to impact a million students all across the globe to be graduating high school with impact portfolios that stand out from everybody else because they're literally just projects unique to you that you've built a portfolio of. And um, so as we continue growing, we've got some amazing like pockets of sprinters coming from eight different countries. We're working in 10 different US states right now. And I'm just excited to see like long-term as millions of students start realizing This is the type of, like, these are the skills, the skills we call them, but these are the skills that students have to have to be relevant in the future where AI powers the world, both for themselves and so they can have just fulfilling, purposeful careers instead of being outpaced by AI or by someone who can use AI. Like we want students hearing this message to be those students. So that's what I'm
0: incredibly excited about as we continue to grow. That is so exciting. And yeah, I think that's so, so exciting to for me to look forward to following along. <laughs> I think that also leads really well into my next question, because um, I think that you are impacting so many people's lives and their resumes and their skills. And <laughs> I think it's really exciting to see lots of young people want to create change. And I asked you this question back on the podcast. So I've been telling my guests on checking in with the change makers saying, let's see if it changes. But lots of young people want to create change, but they may not know how to get started with that work. What advice do you have for those people who may be listening to this after I post it on the podcast feed? <laughs> for sure. And hi,
1: Jeremy. I see Jeremy who <laughs> earlier actually joined. Oh, no. So I would say... Lily, there's, there's a lot of answers to this question, but if you're thinking about getting started, if you're anything like me, the challenge to getting started with anything is not the, it's not for lack of knowledge. Like we can access literally anything we want nowadays, right? We can go on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Google, ChatGPT, something like knowledge is everywhere. What we lack sometimes is the ability to follow through that's why we built the skills and the 10 week sprints, the way that we did, because we know as students, like we're native digitals, we can access anything online. We know how to leverage it. Our biggest challenge is having a community of people around us and the accountability and a framework to say, this is my audacious goal that I've set for myself. And in a this defined amount of time, I'm going to reach these goals for myself. So if I were in someone's shoes and thinking about, like, where do I start? If you want to make a difference and you want to change something, awesome. Define what that is, but then figure out the pieces that are more important than your actual idea. Because the idea is great. Everyone has ideas. But what you really need to do is, you know, think about, like, a triangle. So you've got, like, your idea. But the actual two important corners are the accountability and the actual like deadline or the framework you're giving yourself. If you have all three of those, then you can actually make a change. But if you're missing one of them, then you're probably not going to end up executing and, and achieving the result that you want to. I would just say one other thing with the accountability is I find that people who can keep you most accountable are oftentimes not the people who know you the best because they're often going to give you like some leeway give it to your friend. And you're just like, okay, yeah. you know, whatever, maybe you'll get it done. Maybe you won't. If you find someone that you trust, maybe that's a mentor that you find online or through a community. Maybe it's through your be the change of uh, community, like someone who wants to also make a change and is on the same journey with you, but doesn't know you well enough as like a friend to let you just slip but is willing to like, take the journey with you, that's, in my opinion, the best form of accountability you could ever have.
0: I love that. I think that's, that's so true. And I think with especially this work that I've been doing, for example, I think that's really, really, that's just a great thing to share because I think you're so right. The people who are closest to you and have kind of seen all of the work that you put in and I guess your passion for it may not always be the people that are going to kind of talk to you straight and give you the honest truth which sometimes you do need, (laughs) I think, especially with entrepreneurial work and when you're developing something and you're putting a lot of time and effort into it, sometimes you do need that tough love a little bit. (laughs) I I love that advice. (laughs) Um, But what are the best ways for people to connect with you and follow along with all of the work that you're doing? Best
1: is everywhere on social media. We're at Get to Skills and, of course, on our website at theskills.io this free workshop that's coming up in March is a great way to get connected with us and with me and my coach, Shui the Tandri, who's awesome. Um, yeah. So come to one of our free workshops or there's tons of free resources on our website and our Instagram page. Like check everything out and DM us. We're happy to support you in all the change that you want to create. That's what we're here
0: for. That's awesome. And I'll I'll put all of it in the link of the description as well for the podcast episode, but thank you so much for coming on. This was so fun and I'm so glad that we got to catch up and I'm so excited to follow along with everything that you have coming up because I think it's so cutting edge and I'm excited just all around, yeah. <laughs> but I'm excited to follow your journey too. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to everyone who's watching and everyone who's listening later. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at bethechangepodcast.org or on Instagram at be the change podcast or be the change media network and be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye guys. Thank you so much again, Hannah. Thank you. Bye. Bye.